This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast today on the topic of threat modeling. Now, we hear a lot about threat modeling today, and it might surprise some of you that this practice has been around since at least the 1960s and probably even before that. But with today's agile and DevOps practices, when should we conduct threat modeling? And how do we measure its success? Join me today as we discuss this very important topic with Spencer Koch, security wizard at Reddit. Welcome to our Balancing Act podcast today, Spencer. Hey, I was glad to be here. Wonderful. Uh, So Spencer, when should threat modeling be done? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think the the answer is, of course, it depends. <laughs> so, you know, the way I like to think about it is there's a lot of, of area on the curve of maturity that companies go through for where threat modeling fits in, right? You can read plenty of publications that are like, ah, oh, you should do it every single time you're, you're starting a sprint. You should be looking at it in every single feature. You should be doing it everywhere all the time. Um, and what it really boils down to is there's a lot of factors, a lot of knobs in the overall machine of threat modeling that have to get turned, right? If your team is small or if, you're, if your org is inexperienced, you're probably not doing it as frequently, right? Or if you are a shop where there's a lot of, you know, like you're, you're an agile shop, things are shipping all the time, you have to kind of be choosy about when, when you actually want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no, I feel like there's no great one size fits all solution. And this is where a little bit of that professional judgment comes in. But basically I look at it as, the, the way that you want to affect change, how often you should do it should really be determined based on how, what are you trying to change in the org? Are you tra- trying to get people aware of how to think like, a, like an actor that can you know, figure out how to deal with these types of problems? Are you trying to meet a compliance requirement? Are you just trying to be the best engineering org that you can be? A lot of those questions will help shape how often you should do it. Yeah, it's interesting that you tied that into what is your objective when it comes to threat modeling. Let's let's open that up a little bit, Spencer. In your opinion, what are the challenges with creating a threat model? I mean, you know, you you've you you basically have gone and and, and you know created a threat modeling program. What are some of the challenges that you are are seeing that you've experienced when going through this? Yeah. So at Reddit, like obviously we're moving really fast. And so I think one of the biggest challenges there is just the time that it takes to do a threat model. And we've actually started to change the way that we think, you know, like, like, like looking at uh, how we would do stride, right? Like I've been in places where we've spent a couple of weeks on trying to get the threat model, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We spend all of about an hour in our design docs for, for each feature that comes through trying to just let's put on paper, what are we looking for? That's the, 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 badness that's going to come through. Um, and so for us, it's really, you know, the, the speed at which we get people familiar with how these things fail. I kind of equate it to like, you know, like SREs have been pushing a lot of round, you know, like think about observability, think about scalability. Well, security, if we get kind of in that same boat, a lot of the stuff for threat modeling is represented in those type of situations. So like, think about how you're handling rate limiting, think about how you're handling uh, RBAC or, or authentication. And a lot of those things, if you think about the bad stuff that happens, you, you can figure out how to get, you know, what mitigations are you putting in place? What controls are you, like that's threat modeling. You don't necessarily have to like try to, to document everything and, and there's no, there's still no great solution around how to 
to visualize systems. Uh, so like people have been using Visio for a long time. I'm on the graph viz bandwagon now. So, you know, the Python diagrams library uh, is pretty cool where you can just start writing diagrams as code, but it's still, you know, like every, there's as many graph viz libraries as there are languages, if not more. Uh, and so there's a lot of opinionated uh, concepts out there, but I think mostly for me, it's like, what, what is the team familiar with? Like, can you write a, a visualization uh, visualization as code essentially in the language that the developers are using, and can you get commitment to getting it updated in a, a relatively reasonable time frame? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and so when we conduct these threat models, eventually our intent is to produce mitigations that help us address these these threats as as we as we go through our analysis. Um, is there a connection, Spencer, between threat modeling and secure coding where the developers sit? Yeah, I think the, the obvious connection is around, you know, you've got a mitigation or you've, you've probably got a bag of tricks of mitigations and you're pulling those out during that threat modeling exercise to say, oh yeah, well, we can cover CSRF, CSRF protection via our web framework that we're using as an example, right? Uh, I think a lot of these concepts where you build a mitigation once and then you can continually use it, you've established a pattern, that's, that pattern to establishing is secure coding. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of, of ties between that that aren't necessarily super obvious, but if you, if you solve a problem once, more than likely you're gonna need it again, you might as well make it a pattern. So like at Reddit, we've got patterns for rate limiting, we've got patterns for validators, um, we've got tons of different patterns that I can say, okay, we went through this threat model, here's all the weird, crazy things that can happen. And if you just use these code snippets, then you're probably gonna do pretty good. Let's, let's start there. So that's, that's definitely how we've approached it. Mm, interesting. You're listening to the Balancing Act podcast from Security Compass, where we discuss relevant and practical security concerns in building a world where we can trust our technology. Spencer, let's dive a little bit deeper now. And you know, in that developer space, there is a community that believes that uh, we should now start to train developers to create threat models. What's your opinion of that? Yeah. And I, so I am a wholeheartedly aboard, right? Like uh, the segment IO guys put out a great piece around how they're doing that evangelism within their org. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, us at Reddit, we, we totally stole that and adopted it. And we're doing that in our work now. Um, I think the, the main thing there is like, how deep do you go? And so to go back to the beginning of this, like you have to figure out what's your objective right now at Reddit, you know, we're going through expansive growth. We are looking to, make sure we can get everybody on the same page. And so for us, it's more training around the mental model of how to think like a bad guy. So when you're developing a feature, you're not just like, okay, cool, this, this, will, be, this will be cool and people will love it and I'll ship it and everything will go perfect. Of course, that's not the world that we live in. So if I can get a developer to think about, oh yeah, like this is something that bad that potentially could happen or I need to think about our back in this situation. How am I gonna make sure that people can only access these subreddits or these features or et cetera, um, that is a huge win for us where we are in the org. Hmm. Um, you know, certainly every org is going to be different, but you know, like we're probably a lot, like a lot of folks that are listening to this, we are early on the maturity of getting you know, formalization of threat models. And so for us, like, I just want to get developers aware of those concepts, think like, how I think, so I don't have to be present on every single design doc. And then we can have a much richer, verbose conversation around 
what are some of those mitigations or what are some of those edge cases that you know the developer knows their code best so i might not i might not get everything if i can help a developer change the way that they think about that then i consider that a success and ultimately if we get to diagrams and we get to you know the big inventory of threats and mitigations that's cool uh it's going to be a while before we get there but you know <laughs> where we're on and at in our journey that mental model is the biggest thing yeah, let, let's push this further. You talked about success. Spencer, how do you measure success of a threat modeling practice? Mm. What are some of the things to think about? Yeah, and so this is this is tricky as anybody that has ever worked in the metric space knows. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've got, we, we run a public bug bounty program. And so, uh, you know, one of the big things there is, can we, can we take the things that we habitually see coming through bug bounty and try to drive down the things that we're seeing? So if I've, you know, see, see things coming through like business logic for weird RBAC issues, I keep harping on RBAC, um, <laughs> but it, you know, if, if I can drive the occurrence of those down, then that feels like a success. Um, it, it's really difficult to, to measure preventative, right? Like any, again, anybody in the security space knows uh, the measuring the absence of something is pretty darn difficult. But I think if I, you know, if I see, you know, for us, it was two things. It was, can we drive down those st the static metrics that are coming through bug bounty? Pretty easy to do. And then the other is, can I qualitatively measure the, 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 the impact or the, uh, the quality of the comments that are in our design docs? So Reddit uses this design doc process, much like several other tech companies, uh, where we can comment on the things that are coming through the pipeline for the features. If I'm seeing people pre-populating and, and already answering those questions, then I know that they've already thought about that. And that kind of reduces mean time for me to have to review it, which I guess you could take that as a metric, right? Like I can now go and do other things in the security org. Uh, but I think more importantly is, you know, where you don't have to handhold, where you can empower that dev team to, to go and do the threat modeling themselves. That's definitely a metric that I, I would love to capture. It's not easy to capture. Um, it's more on the qualitative side, but, you know, I really like to focus on that because you're not going to get, like, there's not a magic Jira button that you can push to get the metric out of here. Um, uh, you know, it's, this is really kind of like a hearts and mind minds type of concept. Uh, so yeah, I, I would focus on, you know, am I, am I reducing those bugs that I might potentially be seeing and, you know, maybe even take like an NPS score approach where, you know, developers, do you, do you feel like you understand what threat modeling is? Do you get why we do it? And if there's a disconnect there, then, you know, the training is off or the process is probably broken, you know, that, that is definitely how I would, I would be measuring this, you know, very people centric process. Hmm. Interesting. So now you've opened up this whole area of where threat modeling might in fact be evolving into. Do you have any insights, any thoughts on where you see threat modeling over the next little while as it continues to evolve? Yeah, I'm really hoping that we standardize technologies around doing threat modeling. Um, so I know we've tried a, a very long time, like there's the OWASP Threat Dragon, I believe, and there's a couple of open source uh, libraries that, you know, the guys mm -hmm. over at Twitch uh, mm -hmm. have a pretty good one. Um, but they're all still, you know, not very well adopted. And I think it's, you know, like like the other day I was playing around with MermaidJS. I mean, we were using that for a diagramming uh, piece of effort on our uh, one of our projects. And like the ease of which it is to make a diagram and to keep that updated. That is honestly the hardest part. The hardest part is not like, do you need your massive spreadsheet of threats and risks? It's just visualizing the system so that everybody can bring their own perspective and talk about it. And 
if we get better around the visualization and, and you know, make it very easy to do visualization as code, then I think we'll, we'll have, you know, we could skip a lot of the, well, we don't have a right diagram. We can skip all that discussion and that, that flaffling about, and we can move into actual valuable discussions around, okay, well, what, what do we actually care about? Um, and then, you know, start building more systems. I see a lot of like GitHub actions and things that help us with metadata. Metadata was a big problem a couple of years ago. Uh, we're getting a little bit better, but, you know, I see threat modeling kind of evolving into that where maybe we can start tagging some CI actions on top of, of the features that we're shipping to either help remind us to update those visualizations, to go through that exercise, to, you know, not do the reconfirmation. Nobody likes doing reconfirmations of anything, but, you know, just thinking about how do we make it easier for people to, to, to complete the process that will get us better, better into that threat modeling sphere and more people trained certainly is going to be you know, the biggest thing. I would love to see a world where all of our developers, like it would be great if in, in school people were taught, yeah, this is how you do a threat model. Um, this is why you think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're getting there. Like you can kind of see like failure modes in engineering. Like you talk about scalability and you talk about, well, how can we observe these things again? Thank you, Spencer, for sharing your insights with our audience. I know that we're all really grateful for your time today. Yeah, thanks as always. Tune in next time on the Balancing Act podcast from Security Compass where we discuss relevant and practical security concerns in building a world where we can trust our technology. Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com demo for a free demo today. Want more of the Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.